0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the newly redesigned TARDIS. Except, of course, it's not a TARDIS, it's just a TARDIS of your mind. And in it, proudly standing at the console, is Stuart Late. And also me, I'm there too. I'm Natalie, and welcome to Who's Raven On?
1: Hello everyone!
0: Just to let everyone know why we sound a bit flustered, we just started recording the podcast and then realized that my recording device wasn't recording. We are doing <laughs> We are doing Skype. This week, because of some technical issues and logistical issues, we haven't been able to get in the same room, so we are Skyping in, so I do apologize for sound quality that may not be as top-notch as usual, but yes, Stu, my apologies. Let us uh, take it from the top, which I think... That's
1: we're- quite all right, Natty. We- we'd only been uh, recording for about 10 minutes, so I've managed to build up a real head of steam, yes. <laughs> so we can we can start that all over again. I'll just I'm have so- to start the process all over again. <laughs> I'm so
0: Sorry. Well, what we were talking about actually was the end of the show, really, because we started talking about the TARDIS, which reappeared in this episode, which is called The Ghost Monument. And I was saying how appropriate I thought that name was for the TARDIS, given that it appears in and out of time and space. It, It, you know, is kind of this big, solid looking object. That nevertheless, can just vanish. So I thought that was a really appropriate title and description of the TARDIS. But yeah. you are not on board with the new design, is that right?
1: I, I, I liked it, and like like all of these things, you know, it tends to grow on you after a while. I think uh, you know, you, you see the new TARDIS. It's like it's like anything that happens. You see the new Doctor, the new screwdriver, new costume, new TARDIS, new show. Everything's a bit new and weird, and then after a couple of episodes, it sort of settles in and just just becomes the default background. So I think the the design will eventually grow on me, but it's definitely not going to be one of my favourites. I think it doesn't necessarily fit Jodie Whittaker's Doctor's character.
0: That's right. Not feminine enough, Um, I find.
1: Where were the throw cushions? Where was
0: the feature wall? Where was the beautiful pastel and um, maybe some nice artwork?
1: Exactly, yes. (laughs) (laughs) A big, a big uh, chaise lounge with uh, some cushions.
0: Yes, it did you know, seem lots of, lots quite. Of stuff. It did seem. It did strike me as somewhat masculine.
1: Yeah, which is. I wonder if that's a deliberate choice uh, on the designer's part to make it very solid, and it's all solid and steel mm. and and crystal and everything else. It seems very, very cold and alien looking. Which I, I guess you know could be could be a deliberate choice, or I wonder if they just look for went for something that looked cool.
0: And quite um, dark compared to Capaldi's TARDIS, which was a bit more white, yeah, wasn't it? A bit
1: more... Yeah, very, very dim. And and I think uh, the thing that I noticed was uh, I I think it's a deliberate design choice. It seems to be of a piece with um, uh, Jodie Whittaker's new Sonic Screwdriver, which uh, you know is all steel and crystal. But the I think that that works from a design standpoint. But I don't necessarily think it works from a story standpoint because like you know, as we saw in the last episode, the Doctor fashioned the new screwdriver out of like an alien travel pod and some spoons. <laughs> you know, so it's not, it doesn't make a lot of sense in universe for that design to sort of mirror each other. But, you know, I, I guess it, it matches now, so that's fine.
0: Do you think the Doctor and the TARDIS have a psychic relationship for want of a better term?
1: Okay, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's canon, isn't it?
0: <laughs> well, I guess that's what I mean. Maybe, maybe it... Felt the doctor creating a new sonic screwdriver and then adjusted the TARDIS to fit.
1: Possibly. That's definitely an excellent way to hand wave that away.
0: Yes. (laughs) Because just the way that, you know, uh, the doctor talked to the TARDIS when she got to the door and was like, I've missed you. You know, like you'd say to your dog after a long journey home. Yeah,
1: you've done yourself up.
0: Oh, you've gussied yourself up.
1: <laughs> and then she, she said the classic line, which is, uh, you've redecorated. Yes. Which is the, the classic Whovian line that uh, a lot of the doctors say to each other. But, but, of course, like it was subverted in this one because the, it's always followed by, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, that's like, right. <laughs> And this one, it was like, I love it.
0: Yes. Although nobody said (laughs) it's bigger on the inside.
1: No, they did. They they, they resisted that temptation. They they did say, how do you get all this stuff in here? Which was quite good.
0: Yes.
1: Um, And I thought it was interesting. They also had a little meta comment where the, uh, oh God, I'm forgetting people's names now. Graham? Graham, yeah, yeah, yeah. The older guy says, um, are we all going to fit in there? Which I think was one of the criticisms sort of leading up to the to the start of the series. It's like, oh, three companions, is this going to work? And then the Doctor sort of looks basically down the barrel of the camera and says, oh, let's give it a go.
0: Yes, that's right. There's infinite space in here. You can all have a bedroom. That's right. I have actually (laughs) wondered that often. Does the Doctor sleep? Do the companions get to sleep? Because, you know, they just jump from one point to another, but they rarely Um, seem to – like in this episode you actually saw the Doctor say to – Ryan and Graham and Yaz, you should get some rest. You know, we need to be, you know, ready when we land. They were taking a some sort of ship somewhere. And she says, you should take a nap. And I can't remember when I've last seen people sleep without being, you know, poisoned or fallen under a spell or something like that. Yeah,
1: that's that. right. Well, it's, it's canon that the Doctor doesn't sleep anywhere near as much as humans do. Okay. Uh, and actually, during the run where Rory and Amy were traveling with Matt Smith's Doctor, there was a bunch of little web shorts that Stephen Moffat wrote that were like little extras on the DVD and stuff, which was, I think it was called Night and the Doctor, uh, where there were a bunch of little shorts that all connected into a big story uh, where he would go off while Rory and Amy were sleeping and have separate adventures like with other people. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it was this whole thing where yeah. So the doctor, the doctor doesn't need to sleep anywhere near as much as humans do. So he probably sleeps like an hour or two a night, and then gets up and often having more adventures.
0: But when is a night when you're in the TARDIS? Well, night? What exactly. is What clocks t- are you following?
1: how long is a Gallifreyan day?
0: Yeah. What kind of um, circadian rhythms does a uh, Time Lord have?
1: Yeah, we're with two hearts pumping away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know that I saw something about you know Jodie Whittaker and they're saying a Time Lord or a Time Lady. I don't know why they need to say a "time lady." Like to me, "time lord" is just indicative of a, 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 a person who travels through time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think um, that they made that distinction for Missy. I think they called Missy a "time lady" a lot, which was a, again a strange distinction. And I don't mean uh,
0: to—I don't mean to sort of go suck up to the patriarchy or anything like that. But I—I <laughs> I feel like t- it, it's almost a bit patronizing to say, "Oh no, you're a time lady." <laughs>
1: Yeah it's a bit like, it's a bit strange to sort of just, think like your whole thing just changes it's crazy.
0: Yeah I'm I'm happy enough to just go with time lord because that's just what they are when they travel through time and they're Gallifrey and they're Time Lords.
1: Exactly, they're a Time Lord. It's a title, not a, a state of being. I guess. Yeah,
0: that's right. It's. I don't think it's gendered as much as I guess we would say. I don't know. I'd much rather be a Lord. I was thinking that if I ever got knighted, which of course I wouldn't, because <laughs> I'm an Australian and a Republican. But if I ever yes. got knighted, I'd much prefer to be Sir. Wouldn't that be cool? I'd be Sir Natalie Bohensky, and people would have sir to say Natalie yes, Bahensky. Sir. And I'd be like, Yeah, damn right. <laughs> I'm also just slightly bitter because it was my birthday over the weekend, and um, people, it was happy birthday. Thank you so much. I had a lovely uh, couple of days. I sort of turned it into a three-day celebration uh, of me, and <laughs> which is hard because I normally hate my birthdays because I get older on them and I don't like that. But you <laughs> yes. know, just due to a lot of stuff this year that's been going on, I sort of wanted to go. You know what? Come through it, and I've got really good friends, and it's time to just kick back and say nice things and do fun things. So that was good, but. Yeah. The downside is I very much have passed over the threshold to being called Madam.
1: Oh, um, dear. Yep. And I
0: don't like it. And I don't like it. No, it's out, not good.
1: I, I get called Sir.
0: But I feel it's Sir. Places. I feel <laughs> Sir again. Men like Mr. and Sir, they, they kind of apply to you once you hit sort of 16, 17, 18. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. No, they, they don't. Like like people did not call me Sir until I was well over 30. Yeah, uh, I guess so. So, you know. <laughs>
0: But I don't but, see but what's wrong with me. But for now calling they call me Sue
1: all the time. And, yeah. and it's kind
0: of, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have to respect my elders. I'm like, no, you don't. Disrespect me, please.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> but I said, I went to dinner with my parents and brother and his uh, lovely wife, uh, my sister-in-law at the Treasury Casino. They have a very nice steak restaurant in there. And when we came out, the guy on security sort of to walk into the casino part Made my sister in law show him her ID because she's oh, good well, she's in her thirties, but she um, is a Filipino heritage, so she's really tiny and she looks really young. So yeah. I can understand why. And so I basically went up to him and said, "Hi, I'm really sorry, but it is also my birthday, and I really think that for my birthday <laughs> you should check my ID." And he said, "Well, I actually was just about to ask you."
1: <laughs> oh well, uh, was it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he that, was he's, he's
0: he's totally. Nice. He was totally. He was totally sore what I was doing. But um, it was very nice to go, Well, I look I'll just have to get it out because I really could be under eighteen. And he said, Well, we do have to ask people if we think they look under twenty five. And I went, Well, that's fine with me. <laughs> I am so vain. But anyway, let's go back to the start of this episode and I guess just the episode plotline in well, Oh, co- we can
1: start in, at the very start of the episode if you like, which is the the new. The oh yeah, the titles. Theme. Yeah. You now, taught us new theme this episode. We didn't get it last last episode.
0: Yes, and the, the, the kicking, funky, sort of funkified yeah, Doctor Who all, thing.
1: Um, Yeah, all synth and electric and, yeah, it's They've very lost cool.
0: the orchestral stuff that they were doing there for a while and I went back they and listened have. to Peter Capaldi's and Matt Smith's and, and then 9 and 10, I think, had the same one. And I still think I prefer the 9 and 10 one because it had a lot more violins. And yes, yeah, it did, yeah. And then Matt Smiths was a more like dong kind of bells, like bong bong. Yeah, and then yeah, Peter Capaldi had more a bit more synth, but more a bit more orchestration as well. Whereas this one mm. seemed a bit more funky,
1: a, a little bit stripped back too. That they went back to the original sounding uh, wee bit bit okay. that they do. It sounds very much like the original theme, like the original series theme, where, where that that noise that they've used, which they made using, it was incredible, that they made using a sine wave generator. What's that? And it was, well, it was just, just that the, it's this machine that you, that generates like sine waves and it assigns a tone to them. Okay. And so they, they use this. this, this was, they basically invented electronic music where they, they took all this like tech that wasn't meant to be a musical instrument and they like Forced it into making all these different noises, and that created the wee-oo noise. Ah, yeah, no, I think I thought um, so, yeah, something that, about that. Yeah, the, it was quite revolutionary for its time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they've gone back to that sort of sound, which I think fits this sort of more darker, stripped back show. It seems to it seems to be a bit more mysterious and a bit more a bit more down to earth than previous versions of the show. So I think it fits really well.
0: Well, can I ask you what you thought of the in, – in The Tennant and Eccleston years, it was like a time tunnel or it was like a, a, a wormhole effect. Yeah. And then in Capaldi, they had like Roman numerals and clockwork type of stuff. Mm. And in Matt Smith, it was a cloud. It was like clouds and lightning. Mm. And then in this one, what did you – think? did you – because to me, it really – I've noticed the imagery more than probably the audio – but it really reminded me of something and i want to see if maybe we're on the same
1: page what did you think it reminded you of
0: no no you say first
1: <laughs> well it, it was almost organic in a yes. way yes
0: okay so yes to me it looked like an mri scan of the brain like you know when they do that brain oh, okay, mapping yeah. and they kind of highlight different parts of the brain and sort of it yeah, smooshes it around like a like a 3d scan sort of thing yeah, I don't know yeah. I could be totally wrong but it just had this mind and then of course at the end of it it explodes into a galaxy of stars I was like are they going for this is in my recap but are they going for like a commentary on on brains and gender and uh or about universes inside a brain or I may have been totally reading too much into it but it did it, it had a very as you say organic feel to it for me it wasn't wormholes or lightning or... But maybe it was just universes. Maybe it was just galaxies.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I, I think you're definitely onto something there. I think it, it, it felt very different to what we've seen in the past. And it, it also had that weird sort of mirroring effect that they, they were using to create that sort of time tunnel shape, mm. which... Um, I think again I, I could be again, I could be reading way too much into this, but I think that's a bit of a callback to what they used to do in the old series of Doctor Who, which was they basically pointed two cameras at each other and created that weird sort of time tunnel effect that that, that has now become the cliche of the Doctor Who titles. Mm. so they again like, like it's that weird sort of mirroring thing that's going on it, it's very, very cool looking.
0: but they didn't show her face. Whereas with Capel, no, they've they gone back to showing yeah. face.
1: But again, that's something that they only really brought back in the last, in the last year or so of Matt Smith's run, I think. So that, that's only been something they've sort of put back in, and I think the they've sort of gone, ah, it looks a bit naff, we might take that out.
0: <laughs> so overall, the Ghost Monument, the episode, I have compared it in my recap to Rat Race, the, I think, underrated... <laughs> The underrated comedy, Rat Race. probably not.
1: Underrated comedy?
0: Well, I think it's great, but it's probably not one that people think of immediately. But it's a hilarious movie.
1: It's, it's a movie that has Rowan Atkinson doing the most ludicrous accent I think I've ever heard. Yeah,
0: but he, he does that in a lot of things. But he, it, he does. He. It, it has one of the funniest, and I've got this in my recap, it has one of the funniest scenes, not to divert too much, but it's John Lovitz who just has one of those great acting faces. And his family are all in the car, and the, the premise is there's these all these people who are ch- chasing two million dollars, and they've got to drive from Las Vegas to Mexico, and the first to get to this duffel bag or something gets two million dollars. It's a remake of itself, but it's a Mad Mad World or something like that. But anyway, point is, John Lovitz and his family are all getting tired, and so his wife insists that they pull over because their daughter wants to go to the Barbie Museum, and so it cuts to them inside the Barbie Museum. <laughs> but it's a skinhead museum dedicated to Klaus Barbie, (laughs) who was a Nazi officer. And so it's just John Lovitz, who's clearly Jewish, just Mm. with this jaw drop expression of horror (laughs) and dismay with his family in this museum with these neo-Nazis going, this museum is dedicated to the Klaus Barbie that people didn't know. The husband and father, the wine connoisseur. <laughs> and he's just going, oh! <laughs> And then he has to steal. Um, they have Hitler's car there at the Barbie Museum and his car while they're there gets um, hijacked. So they steal Hitler's car. So then there's this these h- hilarious, you know, shenanigans with Hitler's car and all these bikies start attacking them. And then they end up crashing a World War Two veterans party <laughs> in <laughs> Hitler's car. It's just... Like, it's one of those things where I I love accidental Hitler impressions when they do that in comedy. I just – I really love that whole thing of just taking the wind out of Nazis by taking the piss out of them. And this movie, Rat Race, was 2001, and I was like, oh, wow, remember when Nazis were the butt of jokes as opposed to now Twitter users and rioters and white supremacist movements? Suddenly there
1: were actual Nazis running around. I was like,
0: why? Stop this. (laughs) Nazis are stupid. We should be laughing at them. But, yes, but it reminded me of Rat Race. Sorry for the tangent, but also um, it's just well worth watching. Look it up or look on my recap I've put in a couple of clips because it's just freaking hilarious. Like, even just
1: little. I, 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 will, I will add a caveat to that. Like, well, watch it. I mean, go, go ahead. Like, like, you know. Yeah, the whole film's
0: good, on YouTube. Movie. You can sure. watch the whole film on YouTube. But, no, the other thing it reminded me of was The Hunger Games. And yes, a little bit. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, that whole like joint winners thing, that was both Hunger Games and Goblet of Fire.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Because they were um, in a
0: race for riches and it was the first, the last one left standing won the prize. So it was a bit Hunger Gamesy in
1: space. It was to the point where I, I they didn't seem to be sabotaging each other very much. If that makes sense. Like, like there, there was a lot of talk about, like, you know, I'm going to win, no I'm going to win. But, like, they didn't really seem to be in conflict with each other.
0: No, that's right. You'd, you'd think that maybe the guy would have taken up because he seemed to be the one who was dead set on winning. I mean, they both were dead set on winning at all costs, but for very different yeah. reasons. Yeah, I guess maybe the reality of wacky paper dementors and... <laughs> robot guards and stuff like that kind of took them by surprise. I thought the fact that the guy liked to nap, I thought that that might have been something because he seemed to be taking little vials of something and then he liked to nap so I I thought that maybe he he had something going on with that but no idea.
1: And maybe he did but I mean it's weird because this was not quite as long as the debut episode but it was still like 50 minutes long which is pretty long for, for an episode of TV and it still felt like there was stuff around the edges that maybe they just didn't have room to get in there Mm. they obviously tried to get as much backstory in as they possibly could about these two characters but yeah you're right at at one point they make they make a point of a close-up shot of him taking one of those little vials Mm. and it's never mentioned again like it's Mm. just not they never come back to it so I guess it was nothing like what, what even was that
0: was it like super tiny micro water that you have one vial and it's like having eight glasses a day
1: yeah, and, and that's what I thought. Like, like uh, in hindsight, I was sitting there thinking, oh, I must be like a like a, a vitamin supplement or something. But it's like that they made a really big deal visually out of that, and mm. then they just never paid that off at all.
0: Yeah, but you're right. Oh. And then they did agree to split quite easily, I suppose, when the doctor suggested it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they were just like, "Oh yeah, uh, that'll probably work even though no one's ever done this before." Yeah. Um, but it worked love, games. I did love like the games master. Like that was very yeah. He was a very cool character. I liked him a lot.
0: That was Art Malik who it was. has been in a lot of stuff over the years. Yes. There's a really famous movie. Child is it Children of the Something he's in? Children
1: children
0: of the corn no no yeah. no oh, I can't even remember it was like a really big movie in the 90s I think that he was in
1: we really should have done yes some I really should have done some research ahead
0: of time uh, I've been so busy I'm sorry everyone I'm, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best I did. but I um <laughs> yeah so he was quite fun but he didn't seem to really have a reason for he's just he's been running this race of the 12 galaxies or whatever it was for however long but now he's finishing it for some reason did you catch why
1: No, no, they never say. This is the thing that they never said. They say this is the last race and they never mention it, which makes me think that maybe because we get a mention of the stenza this time around, which makes me think that this. And they said this series will be more serialized than previous series. Which makes me wonder if we're going to see these characters or at least this situation again, maybe? Because I wasn't expecting to see the Stenzer again. They seemed to me like the Stenza, uh, Tim Shaw that we saw last last episode. I know. Seemed very uh, throwaway. Yeah. You know, like it was. It's a very good, um, you know, first villain for the doctor to face but then it's like oh well it's the weird tooth face guy like you know no in, you know he's never going to be in the, the upper echelons of who villains mm. but then it's like oh okay so these guys are we going to see these guys again because we're getting another mention of them here and now i think we probably will see them again because otherwise why would you bring them back like why would you mention them again
0: and the fact that they kept referring to a particular hang on let me check her name see i did research the names because they were weird <laughs> angstrom was the woman and Epso was the man of the um, adventurers, I suppose you'd call them, the races. Yes. And Angstrom kept talking about her planet being cleansed.
1: By the Stenza, yeah.
0: And half her family were in hiding and half were on the run. And they may not be there for her to go home to, but that's why she entered the race to try and give them a shot. So the Stenza are clearly a genocidal
1: species. Yes, exactly. And we've never um, had
0: that in Doctor Who before, so that'll no, be no. new. No,
1: <laughs> we've no. Never, we've never seen a, a <laughs> genocidal empire in, in Doctor Who. It's never never happened before.
0: With crazy armour. Uh,
1: Natalie, Natalie, I have just looked up Art Malik on the internet all right, And uh, I have found, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily what you were thinking, but it suddenly clicked into place for me where I've seen him before. He's the villain in the Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Cameron classic, True Lies. Ah,
0: oh, yes, of course. That's right. Which you, you've seen? I have seen What's True fun? Lies. You have yes. seen True Lies. Excellent. I have okay. seen True Lies. I remember being quite delighted by True Lies. Cause I would True have seen Lies is it. amazing. Yeah, I saw it as a teenager. But it's like, oh, spy action. But it's actually this very funny dude conceals that he's a spy, even yes, though he's, exactly. he's clearly when Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, and yeah,
1: well, when you actually watch the movie, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually woefully miscast, and yes. yet he, he totally sells it. It's such a great movie. I love it. But
0: I just love the fact that she's like, oh, my husband's so boring. And it's like, he is literally huge and muscly. <laughs> I know he's. The- he's and, this
1: walking muscle man
0: yeah and she's like oh he's just an accountant he's so
1: boring I'm like have you seen him <laughs> he looks like he crushes steel with his bare hands yes. what are you talking about I
0: think they I think they took the piece of out of that a bit on the Simpsons didn't they when they had like uh Rainier Wolfcastle Rainier play Wolfcastle, a nerd yeah. he played a nerd I think yes
1: yeah, and he yeah. had shorts and he on and ne- glasses, glasses on. <laughs> which is literally what Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. does in that movie
0: yes but I remember I think there's a great scene where he ha- he makes um, Jamie Lee Curtis dance, dance for him. him. Yeah, but she's gone in there and um, she got told to dress set- – I can't even remember why. She has to go in and he's got to pretend to be the bad guy and she's got to de- deliver something. And she goes in sort of dressed in – what she thinks is her sexy dress and then she sees herself in the mirror outside and is like well this isn't very good so she rips all the the frilly bits off all the, the dress bits off, yeah. and and dunks her hair in water and slicks it back and all of a sudden she's sexy Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> and i remember i love i love stuff like that like transformation stuff like that i freaking yes. in movies freaking love it anytime people yeah. are like ripping shit off and all of a sudden they're amazingly hot I love that stuff. I, it just, you know, it's trashies or get out. I know that, but I just am like, yes, show me crazy transformations.
1: <laughs> you know, you just take off the glasses and and put down the ponytail, and you, yeah, you're yeah. Hot. Well, that's Amazing. the
0: cliche teen movie version of it. But anything where <laughs> you know people all of a sudden, um, oh, if we put this on, all of a sudden we're hot. <laughs> it's,
1: <laughs> it's always like one thing it's like what if we boom does the one thing yeah oh, they're beautiful
0: it's so good and then yeah she has to sexy dance <laughs> and falls over and stuff it's very funny
1: but yes art, art Malik is the games master i really liked him because like he just doesn't care yeah and, it's weird and, like, I, lo- I laughed out loud at that line towards the end where he goes okay fine like whatever like you've threatened me i guess you're both winners and, and then he's like let's get out of here and they're like Oh, they're coming too. He's like, Pfft, no. And then he just goes. He's yeah. done. It's amazing.
0: I thought that was a really clever way to wrap that up because.
1: Yeah, it's just like, no, nope, they're done. They're gone. W-
0: what would you do with them? Why would you care? And how else would the doctor, would she take those two adventurers on with them? Because obviously if one of them had one, the doctor would have rescued the other one as opposed to leaving them there. But Yes, exactly. Maybe the reason why the race was ending is because that planet was too toxic.
1: Yeah, maybe. Although I get the sense that like they could go a bunch of different places. I don't. I don't get the sense that that planet was toxic was because of the race. Like they just happened to choose it because it was toxic. It was like a dangerous way to oh, finish right. the final the final thing.
0: Here's my other question, or I've got a couple of questions. Mm. The doctor reads the message in the tunnels from the scientists who were held captive there. So they've got you know the cave painting on the floor, but it's their writing. And she's able to read it. A few questions. First of all, <laughs> they worked out very quickly. They said, how can we understand these aliens? And she realized they'd put a universal transplant in their necks. Yes. And then Graham was like, can people stop putting things in my body without my permission? <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> but wouldn't you think that if you have a translator that you could read, that it would affect your eyes as well? So you could read and it would read in your native written language?
1: The, the TARDIS apparently does that a lot. Okay. Which explains why sometimes there will be alien planets with like English writing yes, around. Yes. But I wouldn't. I I wouldn't have expected like an implant to do that. I don't know. I don't know why. But I just. I, I it never occurred to me that that would be something the implant would do. It, it would just act like a like a babel fish. Like it yeah. would just you know translate for you.
0: Yeah. Oh god, I can't wait till they invent that. It's happening more and more with all the translating things. On oh the yeah. Apps yeah, like and you, stuff. You, but...
1: you can get a phone app that basically does real time translating.
0: Yeah. I need to download that. But anyway. Which is
1: pretty crazy.
0: Follow-up question. So she's yes. reading it out and that she's talk, the, the, the message says, we're the scientists and we were abducted and held captive and forced to um, create chaos and weapons mm. of war. So were they abducted from other places or were they the <laughs> local residential population and all the scientists were kept, were abducted and their families were wiped out?
1: I think that one, like, like that, that was the reading that I got of it, I didn't get the sense that they had taken people from other places and brought them to that planet. I got the I got the sense that the one day the Stenza came to that planet, rounded up all the scientists and said, make the deadliest thing you can
0: Yeah. So final question. <laughs> yes. The planet was toxic with toxic water and sand dunes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um and one assumes that it got transformed into that, as per what the scientists said. Hmm. But it was called desolation. Now, was it called desolation all along? So here we are living on our nice, our nice, verdant planet with sufficient. Visit
1: beautiful desolation. Yes.
0: Visit desolation, lush, green, verdant desolation for your next holiday. Or I just assume. Visit desolation, bring the family. Yes. We'll lock you up and you'll never want to leave. In fact, you'll never be able to leave. But I assume that desolation must be like a new name for the planet.
1: Yes, I think, I think so. I think that's the idea. Because like, uh, when the doctor asks at the beginning, like, what's the name of the planet? And the guy says, oh, you know, that its name has been lost, but I think that there's, that there's the legends say it's called Desolation or something. Ah, okay. Something along those lines. See, I
0: missed that. I think they should have written that onto the sign that the scientists said.
1: <laughs> also, you know, also this planet wasn't always called Desolation, but now it's called Desolation. Well, do you, just they to just, clear that up.
0: No, 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 but they just could have said, we are the scientists of happy green planet town. And... <laughs> We've had, Very literal people. Yes. It? Well, they're scientists. They're not. Yes. You know, oh, that's
1: true. That's true. They're,
0: they're, they're into practical things. But, yeah, like here is our planet Eden and it is beautiful. And then the Stenza came and they offered us some apples and it all went wrong. <laughs> I'm just nitpicking. I'm just nitpicking. I actually enjoyed no, no, no. I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was quite a romp of an episode. Yeah. I like yeah. the fact that it started with the action straight away. Because remember last week we were saying, are they going to find the Tartar straight away? Are they going to be picked up by other ships? And of course they were picked That's up. That's right.
1: Immediately picked up. And, and that, that that in itself is almost a throwback to the old series as well, because like in the old days you'd have like a four part serial that would always end on a cliffhanger after after every episode. And the cliffhanger was always immediately resolved in a very perfunctory way as soon as the the next episode yeah. started. So this was very cool. They just sort of went, we're floating in space. Wait, we've been we've been rescued. Okay, let's get on with it.
0: Yeah. This is what was interesting to me is that they were all floating quite near each other. But uh, hang on, let me check her name. Angstrom picked up the two boys and Epso picked up the two girls. How did they mm. not see – because they, they seemed to be looking for them as bonuses. They were like extra points if they'd picked up. That's why they stopped and picked them up because you would yes, think, exactly. why did you pick them up if, if they weren't worth something to you? But That's how right. did they not see the others is my – Question. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't know. That's a that's a very good question.
0: <laughs> so, I'm, maybe I'm they thinking... both
1: arrived at the same time and grabbed as many as they could, and they yeah. both got two.
0: I only seem to see like one spaceship though. Hmm. Anyway, Yaz didn't have a lot to do this episode. Um, no,
1: she was she was a lot of um, small interjections and reaction shots.
0: Yeah, and then there was um, Ryan had a bit because he had that fantastic Call of Duty. <laughs> 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 It's like, oh, no, it's it's gone wrong. It's like, no, I've trained for this <laughs> and just went out guns blazing and then went, oh, shit. And to, and to be fair,
1: like, he got them all. Like, you did. It, it wasn't like he didn't get them, yeah. but, you know, they got back up again.
0: Yeah, but I think I'm glad that they – because so often you'd see someone go, that's it, I'm going out to kill them, and the doctor will give them a stern talking to about the dangers of guns and the, the stupidity of guns. <laughs> And then they'll go, You're right, Doctor, I won't go out there and murder them. So I actually like the fact that they let him go out there and slaughter them because he could have yeah. he could have been killed. Absolutely. Like if, yeah. he, if he ran out there and the doctor would have been like, No, wait, stop, and he's gone out, he could have died. Normally they sort of avoid that. Um, mm. so I really like the fact that they had him go out there and just ah! <laughs> I thought that was a really fun moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. And sort of sort of demonstrate why you don't just Wander into a, a situation like that with all guns blazing. Yeah. Uh, you know you got to you got to think around it, which I thought was very good. Like you can you can have the doctor do these big speeches as much as you want, but when you actually demonstrate it like that, it's so much more effective.
0: Yeah. So she did like an electromagnetic pulse. Yeah. Like uh, Golden Eye, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> And Alan Cumming is Boris.
1: I am invincible. Who is invincible?
0: Yeah. And he's going to be in this series, so you see? You You will be.
1: That's right. Oh, we brought it back in.
0: It's a full turnaround. (laughs) But the other thing I was going to mention is, oh, they had the paper, like the paper dementors, I called them. So they were like. Yeah, yeah,
1: they were like bandages.
0: Bandages or bits of skin. I thought maybe they were dried bits of skin. I couldn't quite tell. okay. But they sort of seemed to wrap around you and Mm. at night they flew around. And would suffocate you, I guess?
1: Well, apparently, like the doctor says, uh, they used to clean up the dead. Oh. uh, Which then doesn't make sense with the way they were talking, because apparently they were squeezing life out of people, which is very... But anyway, they were creepy.
0: And then, I loved the um, acetylene exploding cigar trick.
1: Yeah, again, a a really clever way to sort of show everyone working together and get out of that situation.
0: Yeah, because of course she had to make Ryan... He had to climb up a ladder, so that was a little nod to his dyspraxia. Hmm. and she asked him to think about acetylene and what he knows about it. So then they were able to kind of work together and just the way that she clicked her fingers. Now, can we just talk about a cigar that lights itself with one click of the fingers?
1: Yeah, that, that feels like it could uh, backfire on you very badly. Yeah.
0: Well, do you remember way back in the first series of the new era when they went to that, is it Satellite 5? And they Satellite got,
1: 5, yeah, I know what you mean. And
0: you got the little things in your head and if you clicked your forehead would open.
1: A little doorway in your, your skull would open. Yeah.
0: yeah, and so when they left that guy who who Adam or something was his name, they picked him Adam, up. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. and then they would click. They left him behind because he was a douche, and um, they just kept clicking, <laughs> and his face kept opening. So, like he said, he carried that cigar around. For, like nobody ever clicked the cigar. Like that to me is a something waiting to happen. And That's so I right, thought exactly. maybe it must You're have been walking real,
1: along. Someone clicks their fingers, suddenly your pocket explodes in flame. Yeah,
0: that's right. Surely if it was something so precious that it took, you know, 100 years to make one cigar, you'd want a bit of a safety feature on that. Anyway. You would
1: want, you would want to think so.
0: As it happens, it allowed the doctor to just do this very beautiful click to camera. And you saw her face. She reached up and clicked her fingers and then the whole thing exploded. <laughs> and that was quite, that was a lot of fun. But the one thing I wanted to bring up with you, Stu, because I think this was a bit of name dropping or foreshadowing, uh, yep. is mm-hmm. when they talked to her about the, timeless child
1: yes which seems to be uh the new show's little bit of lore that they're going to drop in
0: yeah like saxon Uh, or bad wolf
1: or yeah the timeless child the doctor has a very shocked look in her face she says how do you what, what are you even talking about and apparently she even doesn't know what they're talking about so that'll be interesting to see whether that pays off or if it's just a little nugget that's been left there for someone to pick up later but um, what could it mean? What could it well, mean? It the Timeless bit, child.
0: I mean, what was Clara? She was the girl.
1: She was the impossible girl. The
0: impossible girl. That's what it reminded me of. So, like the timeless child to me seems like someone who's just or or um Arya Stark when yes,
1: she yeah, was exactly
0: when she was uh, me was it? And she was kind of never died or something like that, immortal. So yeah, seemed, oh, the um uh,
1: yeah yeah the immortal.
0: Yeah, it seemed to me like it would be. the girl be, who lived. The girl who lived. No, The Girl Who Lived was um, – that,
1: That's Harry Potter, The Boy Who Lived.
0: That's The Boy Who Lived, but no, there was a girl who lived in Doctor Who, I'm sure of it. Wasn't it like Rose or something? Wasn't she the girl who lived?
1: Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Amy um, was the girl who waited.
0: Oh, right, yes. Okay, Amy was the girl who waited. Yes. I'm getting so confused with all these things. But yeah, <laughs> the, t- the Timeless Child, I heard that and my ears immediately pricked up and went, oh, oh that's – that's the thing that's the thing that's, that's gonna come going back, to yeah. come back but I suspect I don't know maybe some kind of just someone who's out of place in the universe like there are so many of them who you could refer to as the timeless child but
1: hmm.
0: um, one of you know Yaz or Ryan might end up being the timeless child so
1: maybe or if it is about the doctor I, I hope they don't go too far back because I think you know I get very nervous when they start fiddling around with the doctor's childhood and stuff like that I think you know they they did a little bit under Capaldi we we had, uh, listen. in Listen, they go back to the Doctor's childhood. We see someone we think is the Doctor as 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 a young child, and I just get really nervous when they do that because it's like, oh, you could really mess something up here. You know, there, there's no need to do that. The Doctor is an amazing character. We don't need to go back and see their childhood necessarily unless you've got a really good idea.
0: Didn't we go I don't know, back I, get, see- I get
1: very nervous about it.
0: Didn't we go back and see the master's childhood? Was it during Matt's? Ah,
1: uh, they—they sort of. There was a flashback, I think, to him gazing into the heart of the the heart of the storm.
0: No, no, but there was also—I'm sure of it. There was a planet where he was a kid. I'm sure of it. I am I feel. Is this
1: in the old show? No, no.
0: In It was either Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi. I think it was Peter Capaldi. And there's like a planet, and there was the kid, and it turned out he was the master. Like it was a warfare thing.
1: Oh, yes. No, 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 no. No, no, that was Davros. That was Davros. Oh,
0: Davros. Okay, sorry. But you get my point. Yeah,
1: you're right. Exactly.
0: It was an origin of. Davros, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. And, and
1: that that one was that just sort of skated through. I thought that episode. I was like, oh, okay, they, they stuck the landing on that one. But you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit weird. But yeah, I just get really nervous when they go back where they they start talking about like the Doctor's. It's like part of what I think works about the the character of the Doctor is that they are mysterious. Like you know, like it's a mysterious figure who you know what we don't know exactly why he stole a TARDIS and ran away. Yeah, you know he's given he's given some answers over the years and some of them contradict the others and that's fine you know like these he's very old he might not even remember anymore but there's this sense of you know mis- mystery to the doctor that I think it would be very a shame to lose if if they did go back and sort of lock anything down I'm, I'm sure they won't do it properly they won't sort of say this is what happened and this is cannot be changed but i don't know it just it always makes me nervous when they go back that far
0: so what did you think overall of the episode i'm just trying to think did graham have anything to do he 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 wore some sunglasses um,
1: <laughs> he did he did where did the doctor get those sunglasses i thought she didn't have anything in her pocket
0: exactly <laughs> i thought they were peter capaldi's sonic sonic glasses for a moment but they were way too big and uh, ostentatious. And then she said, "Yeah." About, and,
1: then, and then she gives a, a weird story about how she either got them off Audrey Hepburn or Pythagoras. That's right. Which is very doctory, but yes. Yeah.
0: But where? Because she said, I, "I've got to put stuff in these pockets," and then there was a pair of sunglasses. Unless I just thought maybe they were in the jacket that she got at the op shop last week. Yes,
1: maybe. In which case, she's just lying. She's about just lying. She them. Yeah. Which, you know, the Doctor lies. We've been told that before. So,
0: but yeah, he had the emotional moment of, of bonding with Angstrom. I keep getting this wrong. Angstrom about, uh, oh, my wife was killed by the Stenza and she said, mine too. So they had that emotionally... <laughs> bonding moment and that sort of again raised the stakes of the stenza but we didn't see the stenza at all i guess we just saw their aftermath so
1: yeah exactly but but i Mm. think now that we've mentioned them again we'll almost certainly see them again i think i think they're going to become the big bad of the of the series I, i wonder if they will and we might see you know a bit more of this of their effect out in the world, and it becomes interesting to sort of ask the question: like, why isn't the doctor heard of these guys before?
0: Yeah, they're a new race that's come. Because didn't he say last week that he was from like five thousand galaxies away? Yeah. So yeah, maybe these they've just been cutting a swathe through the galaxy while the doctors. They finally the...
1: got up to the bit that the doctors sort of hanging around. in. That's
0: right. The Earth-related <laughs> bit. <laughs> So it is. It is a strange um, villain concept. Seeing yeah, that's just right. the one. Um,
1: as far as this episode goes, I really liked it. I thought uh, after we just picked it, picked it apart, then, but you know, I thought um, it was really good. It had really good forward momentum, and I think everything sort of flowed on really well. You know, in a way that. Some Doctor Who episodes do not. You know, like everything sort of hung together and followed on logically from the last thing, and that sounds like a really baseline thing to be praising an episode for, yeah. but it just felt really solid. It was really solidly done.
0: Yeah, I felt it had a good pace. It launched into the action straight away. The Doctor was very Doctory, and there was that nice... Um, moment of reflection when she thought she'd lost, and she would promised. Yeah, that. I was going
1: to ask you what you thought about that. I, I, again, like I was a bit ambivalent about it. I'm like the doc. That seems very dark for the doctor to suddenly just sort of go. Well, I, I tried and we <laughs> failed. So because whoops.
0: the thing is, is that she said it's going to be, here, it's going to be here. But they'd said it's been flitting in and out. So one would assume that it would just turn up eventually. But I suppose, as she said, we'll all be dead, you know, by tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Or after after a rotation whatever that is. Hmm. So, um, yeah, whether she gave up hope or whether she just had a moment of self-doubt, but then, of course, she got it back together when they said, you thought we'd die. And she was like, no, 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 never doubted, never doubted.
1: <laughs> yes, she was back to her old self like that. That's very doctor yeah. to suddenly go, no, I didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, just put you in incredible danger, but it's all fine. I knew we'd be all fine.
1: Whew,
0: phew, Okay. <laughs>
1: I am I am loving her doctor. Like, like I think she really shone out this this episode as, you know, just really manic and and very very doctory and combining a lot of aspects of stuff we've seen before but bringing her own thing to it. Like I love the line um, you know, I do you have a plan? It's like, "No, but I'm I'm treating it as a as a opportunity to surprise myself." That's right. You know, like stuff like that. Like it's just really really good. I, I like what she's doing.
0: Brilliant. Well, I think we've sort of discussed most of everything now, haven't we? Is there anything oh, we else have? you've
1: yeah, got? Yeah, it was it was a really solid episode. I really liked it. I oh. don't know that it's Necessarily in my, like, top ten or anything. No, But it no, was a no. really good, like, continuation of what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, good good platform building for the season. I will say yeah. one final thing, which was I loved it when the guards started shooting at them and they said, and she said, don't run in a straight line. <laughs>
1: yeah, serpentine. Serpentine.
0: And I was like, <laughs> thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what you needed to do, Rickon Stark. <laughs> and I wonder if they wrote that. I wonder if that like, was already written when the Game of Thrones episode happened.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's just, it, it's just more of a, a trope in general. Like, like, people run in straight lines and they should not, well, like, they were zigzag running, people.
0: Yeah, they were running in a straight line when – so when Ryan and Graham and Angstrom were on the planet already and then the Doctor was in the ship, with the others and it was crashing.
1: Yeah, they were running in a straight line. They were running
0: in a straight line. So it was quite a good callback to that to go, don't run in
1: a I was watching with my wife and she was like, just
0: get out of that trench. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Go up the sides. But no, no, we'll just sort of hunker down and then the doctor managed to
1: yeah. Managed to break I like tongue. that one. They obviously had the budget for half a crash landing sequence. Yes. Um, you know, because like they, they sort of... Fade to black. They fade to black and it's like, oh, it all worked out. Oh, and the good. doctor's just okay. standing.
0: The doctor's just like standing in some smoke. Yeah. <laughs> You don't see the wreckage.
1: <laughs> that is what I love about Doctor Who. That they filmed this episode in South Africa.
0: Oh yeah, right!
1: You yeah, yeah. This is one of these international ones where they shipped every, they shipped the whole production over there and filmed this episode. But they still didn't have the budget to just film a, a full crash sequence. That's what yeah. I love about Doctor Who. It's just they'll they'll so you'll sometimes see the see the seams in an episode where you're like, okay, they didn't have enough money to finish that one.
0: And the other thing is, I mean. Like when they go to really hot locations, like a desert, like they're walking through a parched wasteland. Mm. Like I say in my recap, it's probably a good preview of what Earth's going to look like in about 20 years. So,
1: in about five years, let's
0: yeah. be honest. <laughs> so, let's all get used to that. They're walking through there and they've all got their jackets on and nobody's yeah, sweating.
1: She's got a coat on.
0: Yeah, nobody's sweating. Nobody. And they had no water, they had access to no water because the water was poisonous and I thought that maybe that would come up like they're thirsty, that they yeah. they don't have any supplies but it never came up everyones no, if that was right. me, if I turned up on an alien desert parched wasteland
1: <laughs> in You would be instantly and constantly thinking about like water. where can I get water?
0: Where can I get water? I'm super hot how can I take off all my clothes and be in a singlet and they're just walking around in their jackets I've always been impressed by that <laughs> Because the thing is, deserts are really cold at night, so you need the jackets. That's right. But they're really hot during the day, but yet nobody ever sweats in Doctor Who (laughs) in hot weather or in any TV series. People walk around in you know jackets and stuff all the time, whereas when that's me, I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to take this off.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's like, oh, it was cold earlier, but now it's just too warm.
0: I sweat a lot. Anyway, well, I think we've talked about most everything, so we will attempt to Skype next week. Now, just a word of warning, I am going up to Vanuatu this week, as I mentioned, or I think I mentioned. I might have mentioned that in the bit of recording that we weren't recording, but I am going up to Vanuatu this week. They do obviously get the ABC up there, so I'm going to attempt to watch Doctor Who on Sunday. So, oh yeah, I guess It'll it would be, be Monday. Monday. Huh. Yes, that could be interesting. I wonder if they get Ivy up there. Anyway, I will do my best, but we may be slightly disrupted for podcasting and recapping next week.
1: But that's okay because we'll be having a science fiction conversation. Like we'll be talking to each other in different countries yes. at the same time. It's amazing.
0: True. Well, we'll do our best to get uh, to get something up, but it may be a day or two late, um, just depending on access. <laughs> Because iView doesn't tend to um, screen outside of Australia. You have to be within Australia to access it. That's right. And I'm right. not sure. But having said that, they often allow access to places in the Pacific and that sort of thing um, for people who want to see when there's sort of natural disasters happening. So I'm just not sure, but I will endeavour to access it if I can. So there you go. That's my yes, promise to I'm you. I'm sure you'll
1: be. it'll all, it'll all be fine. Let's, let's plan for the best.
0: <laughs> well, until then, Stu, thank you so much for joining me via Skype. It was my and pleasure. we will talk to each other very soon. And to all of you listening, thank you so much. We still haven't worked out a good sign off for this, <laughs> so maybe we'll. Uh, I'll end by asking the question, Stu: Who is the timeless child? Ooh, we'll find out. We'll find or out. Will we? Or will we? Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't think they'd drop that. Hanging. But we will leave you hanging right now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys.